Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs show featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. From the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening and welcome to Blooming Out on WFHB. I'm Colin Schasperger. I'm Grace Thumser. And I'm Jeff Poling. On tonight's show, we have our featured music, your LGBT news headlines, and the LGBTQ area event calendar. But first, this evening, J.J. Gaffretta is returning to our show this week, speaking mainly about her recent article in The Advocate, more of which we'll get back to shortly. J.J. is the author of Left Hander, Left Hander in London, a field guide to transgenders, gays, and bisexuals in the family, on the job, and in the pew, and is a playwright and performer. Her new productions are Left Hander in London, The Earthquake, and left-hander in London, the cabaret. JJ is the former president of the Indy Rainbow Chamber of Commerce and is a frequent speaker on diversity, religion, and political issues. She is the president of GEI and has been in consulting for over 30 years. JJ is married and has three children and four grandchildren. JJ, glad to have you once again here on Blooming Out. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to hear from you again. I know you have been super, super busy um, with many different things, uh, one of which I've noticed is your uh, the blog that, um, that you are contributing to, the Believe Out Loud blog. Is that, is that correct? Right, right. I have, I have three articles. Uh, at Believe Out Loud, um, and um, I have another one that should be coming out uh, pretty soon. Believe Out Loud, if you haven't heard of it, is um, kind of an uh, LGBT-focused site uh, that gets into religion. And so uh, there's a lot of commentary about how LGBT people fit in and when they people feel that they don't, and, and... where they go from uh, from here, and uh, kind of uh, just looking at it from many different perspectives. And uh, they had asked me to write, uh, I don't know, it was probably uh, 2016, and um, and then uh, and then I had uh, I have three articles now and one more on the way. Sure, I know you were referring to uh, religion, and um, you mainly, your background or religious background, I guess, would be in uh, Catholicism for over 50 years? Right. Yep. Uh, my uh, evil twin brother was a very devout Catholic, <laughs> or as I call the way I used to be. Uh, but um, I left the church about, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago, um, because it just seemed, uh, the things that I had learned and the things that I expected from the church, uh, what they were doing with me and the way people treated me and the way the church was just seemed inconsistent with 
um, what I believed and the way I thought Jesus' message was, and um, and so I um, decided to leave, and I, I've only been um, back, uh, I think, three times in the last, I don't know, probably at least five, six years. Um, one was uh, I went to a, a funeral for a young, a young boy that passed away, um, I went to my um, uh, grandson's uh, baptism uh, here about a year ago, and my uh, granddaughter's, um, and and the day after my granddaughter's uh, baptism, uh, Pope Benedict quit. So whether that was because they knew I was very <laughs> upset, or for some other reason, I don't know, you can make your own. Uh, conclusions from that, but I thought it was interesting that the day after I was there, he. <laughs> so I'm going to take credit for that if that's all right. I don't know. Absolutely, we're you know I I, I think that makes perfect sense, and I understand that you are one of the few women that can say that you were president of now what what is this? I was the president of the altar boys in the <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Not too many women can say that. Right. <laughs> I actually thought that was a great honor when I was a kid, but um, it turns out that the main job of the president of the altar boys is if they need somebody for 5.30 mass, they call you about 8.30 the night before because <laughs> um, nobody else is going to do it. So, uh, But that was in my background, and uh, I did have that honor, of that, I guess, of an honor. <laughs> now, JJ, you've been on our show before, uh, but more recently you got involved with uh, The Advocate in your piece, Is Mike Pence a Fake Christian? How did, uh, how did that collaboration come about? Uh, well, I stepped down as the president of the uh, Indy Rainbow Chamber of Commerce uh, at the end of the year, and um, uh, I had been the president for like six years, so I thought it was time to step down and, you know, concentrate more on my my own business. And six years is, is a very long time to do that anyway. So um, uh, sometimes people will contact uh, the chamber and they're looking for, you know, interviews or commentary or what have you. And, and they said uh, that they wanted somebody to uh, write about uh, what we thought about Pence. And I had been very vocal, uh, especially in um, in 2016 in the legislative session. I'd been down there at the state house several times, and and uh, I'd been very vocal, uh, both personally and on behalf of the chamber, uh, about what was going on down there. And so, um, so I said, I you know I, I would be happy to uh, make some comments, and so uh, that's how that came about and uh, uh, and so I I made you know what I thought were some fairly accurate comments about about uh, our former governor right yeah you you certainly did and I cannot thank you enough for accurately and I think accurate is the word <laughs> that we like to use representing um, not only the history of the governor in this state and how it has related to, among other uh, LGBTQ people, but um, you, you really, sh in my opinion, shined a spotlight. 
and and there was there when I finished reading that article, I was really happy that someone was able to step up and say, "Okay, rest of the world, um, this is what we've been dealing with. Now it's your turn." <laughs> yep. Well, I, I appreciate that, and and I you know I was hoping to do some good with it. Um, basically, there 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 are two motivations there. One of them is. I have a really big problem with uh, discriminating, hating, being bigoted, whatever the words are, uh, because you're religious. Because, you know, and I'm not an expert on all religions, but, you know, I, I know a lot about Christianity and I know a lot about being Catholic, and uh, that it's not in there. It, it's just not in there that you're supposed to discriminate against people or make a decision that you think that they're a sinner and that means that you can treat them badly. So I've been very vocal in my writing and uh, in my rants and in my uh, speaking about um, uh, getting on uh, religious people for doing things that I think are contrary to what their religion says. And, you know, if you're a Christian and you say, I want to hurt these people because I don't like what they're doing, that just isn't consistent with... with uh, anything that Jesus did or said. So that's the first thing. And then the second one is, I was very concerned that, um, you know, if you read a little bit about Mike Pence, you know, he says, number one, I'm a Christian, I'm a Republican, I'm a conservative, whatever the order is. Christian was first, though. And and somebody who's from outside of Indiana might read that and say, gosh, this is somebody that we... Um, uh, we should listen to. He's a good Christian. He's a family man. Boy, he's going to do great things for our country. And 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 I'm thinking you, you should talk to somebody that lives here. Right. Garbage that we have been going through, and the waste of time and energy and the hurting of people uh, because he doesn't like who or what you are is just is just terrible. So I wanted to try to be as um, as concise as possible, but to share that from our perspective in Indiana, this is what you need to know, because if this man becomes the vice president, this stuff is going to be on the national net level. It's just not going to be Indiana that's taking a hit. So um, so that was the purpose of the article. And, you know, I, I tried to be factual. Uh, you know, my tone was very critical, I'm sure, but I tried to be factual and, and Site sources, um, the things that I described are all out there in the public, and he didn't try to hide any of it. So, um, so uh, you know, I wanted to share that because I think it's important that people know. And, you know, when people say, you know, something that they don't like about Trump, and they go, but, yeah, but Pence is the, is the, uh, the, the moderate one, the, the sane one, <laughs> you know, if you, if you don't like Trump. I'm like, yeah, you might want to look at that a little bit because this religious ideology, as opposed to having at least some pragmatism of what will this do for the state if we do this, um, and, and part of it comes from when I was the president of the chamber, when they signed RIFRA, it was insane the amount of communication that we got. Like, is it safe? I had people email me. Is it safe to go to your state? Will someone will someone hurt me because I'm gay? I'm like, 
oh my gosh, this is this is terrible. So I wanted to get kind of the flavor of, of some of that because, uh, you know, I certainly didn't want to see it. I didn't want it in Indiana, but I certainly don't, didn't want it spread to the entire country. Absolutely. JJ, I'd love to get your uh, opinion on how things have changed and uh, or stayed the same since the transition from Mike Pence uh, running or being governor and running as uh, VP to actually being the vice president now, because uh, your article was written uh, last year before uh, before Donald Trump and Mike Pence won. So I'd love to hear uh, what you think about the differences and similarities, how, how his policy and Christianity is... Uh, staying the same or changing? Well, um, it, just some overall generalizations. It's hard to know, you know, because they've only been in it a month. Um, a lot of people have been surprised about what's been happening uh, nationwide. Um, I, I never got the... I'm not a big fan of Trump, but I never got the impression that he thought LGBT stuff, if that's a good way to describe it, yeah. really and very important to him. I just, I just got the sense that it, it just didn't matter and he didn't want to spend time on it. Right. He'd rather go after other people. So, um, and I think Pence, you know, is going to try to influence that um, because, it, you know, it does seem important to Mike Pence to... Uh, mm-hmm go after LGBT people whenever he gets the opportunity. So um, nationally, it, it, I think that it's hard to know until we see how it all goes. Now, you know, one issue is that there's a, a Republican um, majority in the House and the Senate, and then we have a, a Republican president and vice president. So if they can, if they can get things through it in the Congress, you know, then there'll be a question of will he fight the Congress and, and, and veto it? And my guess would be no. So I think the the situation is ripe for uh, problems nationally. I think in Indiana, um, and I didn't know much about Governor Holcomb before, um, uh, and I and I uh, you know and I and I uh, didn't really know very much about the way he was looking at things, but. It seems to me that Speaker Bosma is not letting as much uh, stuff get out, and a lot of the crazy things that have been proposed, bills that have been proposed, have not made it out of committee or, uh, you know, they're not going to get a vote. So that's a good sign. And it seems that um, Governor Holcomb is not as excited about making these things issues. He's more worried about you know, roads and the economy and stuff like that. So I, I think that, and, and again, it's it's pretty early to know, but I think that's a good sign for Indiana if this ideology stuff stays out and these social issues don't become the most important thing that they're working on and they can be a little more pragmatic and, and worry more about governing, governing as opposed to what LGBT people are doing. So... Um, so I'd say on a, on the statewide level, it, it probably is going to be good, at least from what I've seen so far. And by good, I don't mean better. 
<laughs> but I mean, it's better than it than it was. Right. But on the national, I mean, it's it's crazy and it's there, and who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, JJ, thank you so much. We'll return uh, speaking with you here in just a minute, specifically about today's political climate, more on Vice President Mike Pence um, and other work you're doing here in just a few moments. But now it's time for our first music break of the evening. From the San Francisco Weekly and Out.com, Iggy Pop was just announced as the headliner at this year's Burger Boogaloo, a two-day punk festival in July hosted by John Waters and put on by Burger Records in Oakland, California. The festival has been running for five years and features punk artists young and old. Considered the chilliest music festival by many, the grungy, low-fi vibe paired with the vegan-friendly and well-shaded venue make for a festival without the hassle. Starting at noon each day and ditching the camping aspect, there's no missing your favorite act. Iggy Pop, who turns 70 this year, will be joined by legendary L.A. band X, English rockers Buzzcocks, Japanese garage rock trio Guitar Wolf, and at least a dozen more artists. While Iggy Pop's sexuality has been as questioned and debated as David Bowie's, there's no doubt that the rocker is an active advocate of gender and sexuality inclusion and is no stranger to a dress and a pair of heels. Here is Iggy Pop with his latest release, Gold, off of the soundtrack of the movie of the same name.
You just listened to Iggy Pop's newest song, Gold, here on Blooming Out on WFHB. We now ret- welcome back J.J. Gafreda to the show to speak a little more about how the new political climate exists under President Trump. Um, J.J., we were talking a lot about um, Vice President Mike Pence, um, and we know that you were involved with the Indy Rainbow Chamber. Um, was that kind of a way to fight, ba- fight, fight back against uh, Mike Pence when he was our governor? You know, I got uh, involved at, uh, in doing some uh, some work at the state house and just trying to represent. Uh, they had asked me to speak at the Riffer rally uh, back when the, the law was originally passed, and then you know I thought as a as a uh, a representative of the chamber, you, you know I, I I thought we needed to have a, a a voice down there and talk to people and um, and then uh, some of the the senators uh, had asked some people I know that to come and um, and talk about um, transgender stuff, and uh, they were very terrified about trans people going to the bathroom, which I found odd. And uh, so, um, you know, I, I I talked about just in general LGBT rights, and then I talked about. Um, you know, giving them some transgender perspective. You know, and at one point the one senator said, well, a lot of my constituents are really scared of transgender people. And I said, what did I do? I didn't do anything. I don't think I'm that scary. I said, the scariest thing I do is when I play, I'm coming to get you, with my grandkids. <laughs> and then they jump on grandma because she's the base. So I said, I, I don't think uh, it's, I'm that scary. And I said, I drink a lot of iced tea so I don't really have time to kill anyone and the ladies <laughs> uh, they didn't really know what to say to me. so um, I thought that was important to you know uh, give some perspective and also I mean uh, these anti-LGBT laws are very bad for business in the state and whether you're LGBT or not if you if you're involved in business you know it's it's not great for us. You can see what happened in North Carolina with just that one law. So, um, so I thought it was important, and however distasteful it was to do it, um, you know, I was glad that I, you know, at least tried to help. I got the feeling that if I went down there with Jesus and Ronald Reagan, and that both of these people are supporting me, I don't think it would have made much of a difference. But at least you have to try. Right. So, um, JJ, you are also, a lot of people don't know, but you are the, the president of the first transgender-owned company certified as an LGBT business enterprise by the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. Right. The first one in Indiana and the first transgender-owned. So, um, uh, you know, it's uh, the companies that want to use LGBT companies as suppliers, um, you know, I, I wanted to get certified as a, as a supplier. So, um, you know, if, if people are looking for uh, more diversity in their supply base, you know, that we might be considered for, um, for work. Um, and, um, and so that was something I thought was important. And, you know, since then there are more companies that have, uh, you know, gotten certified in the state. Absolutely. 
Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about your blog postings um, on Believe Out Loud. Uh, you've done three so far, and um, plans for more? I have another one that I submitted, and they're, um, uh, they're doing a little bit of editing on it uh, for me. Um, it's about um, over the holidays, I noticed that um, uh, St. Francis, uh, or the Franciscan Alliance, which, which has uh, uh, facilities uh, in at least Indiana and Illinois, and I think they're in other states. Um, they had uh, done a commercial about the St. Francis prayer, you know, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace, where there is hatred, let me still love, etc., etc. And uh, they were kind of intimating that uh, if you go there, this is what you're going to experience because this is very important to them. And I found that odd, given that they um, are involved in a federal lawsuit with the state of Texas and some other entities uh, to be able to refuse treatment to transgender people because they, their religious beliefs uh, are say that they shouldn't take care of us. And I thought, uh, and, and I understand there's a lot of gray area of, should you do transition surgeries and, you know, what have you. But um, they don't want to cover it with their insurance. They don't want to have anything to do with it. And I just thought it was odd that they would have this one message and then they're spending the money and they're going through all the work to file a federal lawsuit to avoid um, treating a whole group of people. And so I just thought it was inconsistent and... The more I thought about it, the more upset I got about it, and I uh, so I submitted a post on that. And I, I'm guessing it'll come out probably next week or in the next week or two. But um, I, I just again I, I have problem with inconsistency in religion, mm -hmm. where you know somebody's transgender and they go, "Your living violates my religious belief, so we're not going to treat you." That seems upsetting to me. So. Sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, JJ, your, uh, your blog, I'm Transgender and I Don't Need Your Stinking Mercy, <laughs> that one in, in particular really, I think, would hit home with a lot of people. Well, I, I, you know, in, in that one, I, again, I, I'd read a lot about with the church, and it just seems like they have to, first of all, they have to decide whether you're okay or not. Right. And it's like, we're looking at the morality of you, and we're going to decide whether it's okay that you're around, which I find insulting. And then it's like, we're going to show you mercy. And I'm like, mercy sounds like you're doing me a favor. And you have the power mm -hmm. over me and you're, and, you're, and you're giving me a break. And, I, and to tell you the truth, that doesn't really help me. If you said, I love you no matter what, which is I think kind of what, what's that guy's name? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, it just it just hit me wrong. Sure. Well, JJ, um, not to, to interrupt, we, we want to continue this discussion, but um, we're going to take a quick um, minute break. Okay. And then we do. will return. We're going to do the top of the hour weather real quick, and then we're going to come back and finish the interview. Exactly. <laughs> I hope it's going to be 60 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do the best we can for you. <laughs> Thank you. 
And you are tuned in to WFHB Bloomington, Bedford, Ellettsville, Nashville, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Online all the time at WFHB.org. Quick weather report for you at the top of the hour. Right now it is broadcasting at about 49 and a half degrees with a low tonight of about 40 degrees. Uh, Friday will have a high of 63 with a low of 45. And then Saturday a high of 60 with a mix of clouds here and there. Then becoming cloudy later in the day with a low of 42. Rounding out your weekend on Sunday, high of 67, low of 45. And now we'll return to you to Blooming Out. All right, JJ, thanks for waiting for us there. Uh, we're back, and we were just discussing your blog posts, um, specifically uh, I'm Transgender and I Don't Need Your Stinking Mercy, which is specifically about the... Uh, Catholic and Christian Church and how they've dealt with uh, transgender issues in the past and specifically with your own uh, transition. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, well, the, the church wasn't great. I'd, I described it in my book, um, and they basically, the way it came was, you. everyone is welcome in the church, but everyone is not equal, and you're very not equal to everybody else, which, which again, I found kind of cons uh, uh, insulting, especially since I had been, I played piano in church for probably 30 years at least. Um, so that bothered me. And then, and then the tone of, we're showing you mercy, just, you know, mercy means somebody has the power over somebody else, but they're still giving them a break. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And also, I mean, I had a lot of friends that won't talk to me because of their religious beliefs. And I, you know, I thought if you were a friend, that meant that kind of thick and thin and all that stuff. But that that wasn't really the case. So, um, right? Doesn't it sound like that that people that are saying that to you are playing God themselves? Well, I, I think so. And the other thing is you get to this, um, you know, don't call the, the, the kettle black um, when, when um, you know, especially with the church, they've had their own issues that are, to me, way worse than, you, you know, sexual abuse of a child um, sounds at least way worse than, you know, I, I couldn't live in the gender I was in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this doesn't seem to jive. And, and I talked to some people that had been abused, and it is, I mean, just rip your heart out and squash it. it, it, it it's terrible. And so um, so I, I just try to call attention to these things. And like I said, I, I just think that there are, uh, you know, if you're supposed to love God and love your neighbor as yourself, I, I'm not seeing it. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if they've changed any because I've been critical, but at least I'm trying to call attention to it. Mm -hmm. Well, I like that, um, that you, you, that your categor, categorization in the, in your commentary of, of, of the blog with Mike Pence and the religious ideologue, um, and referring to him, uh, r running his policies through a distorted filter of his religious beliefs. And I really like that, that term, because that is basically what people are doing. They're using it, that are doing that, they're using it for their, to their advantage. And 
and you know making sure that it is convenient for them and then sectioning off the two groups people are categorizing as christians yep and the other thing is i mean i you know especially having been president of the chamber for six years i know a lot of lgbt people they seem fine to me i mean I, it's like i'm going to be this i'm going to be discriminating against this guy because he's loving the wrong person that just sounds wrong to me right so um yeah i i uh i you know i try to i try to bring attention to it and i try to make people laugh about it too because you know i i applied to a couple fringe festivals uh, this year with my show and i talk a lot about that and i talk about religion and um and i try to make people laugh because you you can't use logic on these things because there's no logic i mean uh you know saying jesus hates you and that's why i hate you too you know how do you have an argument against that it doesn't even make any sense but if i can make them laugh a little bit and make them think and and uh, uh you know if i sing my song about the bathrooms mm-hmm. people always laugh then um there's hope that um uh you know there's that uh they might think a little bit differently and the other thing is if you make it personal if you say transgender people are weird and I hate them. And I've had people say, trans, pe- trans people just weird me out. And I go, well, I am a trans people. What's, you know, the problem? And they go, well, not you. <laughs> well, what about the other trans people? I, you know, I know some other trans people. They seem okay to me. I mean, what's the problem? If you make it personal and right. there's a little humor involved, mm-hmm. hopefully there's a chance that maybe the thinking will change a bit. Sure, and and, and um, speaking of the the song um, with the the bathroom bill and everything, um, when you were on here last time, I believe we uh, we played that that song, which you play the piano and and sing. Um, any other um, music productions that you're working on like that? I actually, if if you go to YouTube and put my name in, uh-huh. there are a couple um, f- from my show. The newest song, which I'm going to redo uh, in a different way, is called It's Up to Us. Uh, back probably two years ago, there was a Leela Alcorn, this young girl from Ohio, trans girl. Yes. Committed suicide on the freeway, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, so they had a vigil, and they asked me to speak. And I can, you know, you guys have talked to me. I can go on for hours. <laughs> and I had like five minutes of, I, I couldn't think of, what, what do you say? What do you say mm-hmm. about a young kid? Right. You know, and so I thought, I, I'm going to write a song. I'm going to write a song to go with it. And um, it's called It's Up to Us. And um, um, the first line is, we have to love. We have to love each other. There's no one here but us. And um, uh, and I just thought that that was appropriate for that kind of thing because you know you can have your ideas and you can have your plans and you can get on Facebook and you can make posts and you can do all this stuff, but it's up to us to do something. And you know, in response to something that's so terrible about that, it's it has to be up to us. And so I, I put it out on YouTube with two of my grandkids doing the percussion. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't really match the song. <laughs> <laughs> but I was very proud that they were on there and that they helped me. And I think I'm going to do another one here in the next couple weeks 
worth just a cappella the way I wrote it, um, which I can't believe I wrote an a cappella song. Wow. Staying in front of all these people. But <laughs> I'm going to put that out there because I think that message is relevant. And then, and, and, you know, to go back to what we were talking about before, I think that that's uh, important. Given if, if you believe what Christians are, in my mind, supposed to believe, and not only Christians, I mean other religions, um, I, I think it's important. So you might look for that on, on uh, YouTube, um, uh, but I'm going to put out another just a cappella version soon. Awesome. So JJ, you're you're an you're an author. You um you have been working on um some new productions. I understand you're the author of Left Hander in London, which I cannot recommend that book enough. I really enjoyed it, and I love the fact that um, verbs and everything, right? <laughs> and you're and but tell us about your new productions, Left Hander in London, The Earthquake. The cabaret is a and the cabaret, yeah, is a uh, is a it, it's mostly songs, a little bit of sarcastic humor to go along with it, um, but that one is uh, for mostly entertainment. The earthquake is also for entertainment, but there are some stories, there are some things that are based on my book, some of my experiences, and um, and also uh, you know some things about my personal life, like. I, I have a song in there that I that I sing to the grandkids, and um, uh, and a lot of people are surprised. It's like, well, why would a trans person have a song for their grandkids? Because you're a grandparent. That's your job. <laughs> right. <laughs> it has nothing to do with being trans. Right. But with the with the earthquake, I try to get people to laugh, and I I kind of have a theme with it of enjoying the diversity rather than judging it or understanding it. If you say this person is different than me, I don't like that. Well, you close the door there. If you say this person is different than me, what do they have or do or like that might be good for me? And you might learn something. So um, that's the show I submitted to for the Fringe. Um, hopefully, uh, Indy and Chicago. You know whether I get either or both. Um, we'll see. But uh, you know and. I'm trying to get people to come and see it. I've had, when I've done the show before, I've had people say, if my neighbor, cousin, nephew, father, you know, whatever, saw this, they would leave. And I said, well, whenever I've done the show, nobody ever leaves, so <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. But, uh, but that's, uh, again, trying to bring some humor to it and trying to, sure. you know, humanize it. Um, and then the and then the plan is I'll get I'll get uh, famous, and and they'll do a show on HBO or Showtime, and then I'll I'll just get royalties on that. And I'll <laughs> so meanwhile, JJ, how how do people? What's the best way to to look up your 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 work? Is it through YouTube or? Uh, YouTube is a good place to do it. Um, actually, what I'll do uh, if you go to um, if you just put in left hander in London. Um, on Facebook, you'll find my page. And what I'll do in the in the next week or so, I'll, I'll repost different links of how you can find my stuff. And um, and I'll post generally. I'll post news on Facebook quicker mm -hmm. than anywhere else. 
um, and that's a good place to do it. But if you want to hear the music, um, YouTube is the place to go. And like I said, in the next week or so, I'll, I'll put some uh, links into the Facebook page, and that's a good place because I always post new stuff there. Great. JJ, thank you so much for being with us again and and just keeping us up to date with what is going on in in your world and in our world. Thank you for being for representing um, the GLBTQ people of, of Indiana. What you've done has been amazing and really, really appreciated. Well, I appreciate you guys having me, and, and thanks a lot for the kind words, and I wish you the best down there in Bloomington. Thanks. Thank All right. Thanks, JJ. We will hope to have you on again, okay? All right. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Support for WFHB and Blooming Out comes from The Back Door, downtown Bloomington's queerest bar, dance club, and venue. From live bands and DJs to drag shows and karaoke, there's something for everyone every day of the week. The Back Door is located at 207 South College in the alley behind Atlas Bar, and more information can be found on Facebook or online at bckdoor.com. Blooming Out is also supported by the Quarryland Men's Chorus, Bloomington's premier chorus for gay, bi, and trans men and their allies. More information can be found at quarryland.org. We now turn to our producer, Ryan Shaddy, with tonight's LGBTQ plus news headlines. Good evening, everybody. Uh, in national news, President Trump has not signed a religious freedom executive order that would limit the rights of LGBTQ citizens, though he was presented with an opportunity at the beginning of this month. The leaked draft of the potential executive order, titled Establishing a Government-Wide Initiative to Respect Religious Freedom, pushes the following four religious beliefs. Marriage is between one man and one woman. Sexual relations are properly reserved for a marriage between one man and one woman. Biological sex is a characteristic that is determined before or at birth based on anatomy. And life begins at conception. The draft claims to allow private companies, federal employees, and nonprofit organizations to cite religious beliefs as grounds for refusing service. The Trump administration has not ruled out signing the order, according to the White House Press Secretary, Sean Spicer. During his February 2nd briefing, Spicer said, quote, There are a lot of ideas that are being floated out. Part of it is the president does all, of, 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 does all the time. He asks for input. He asks for ideas. And on a variety of subjects, there are staffing procedures that go on where people have a thought or an idea, and it goes through the process. Through a federal order, though a federal order was not signed, some states are filling in the religious freedom gaps. More than a dozen states have been seen bills this year that seek to arrange discrimination from allowing adoption agencies to refuse placements with same-sex couples to allowing businesses to turn away customers based on their views of same-sex relationships. Last week, a committee of the Alabama House introduced the Child Placing Agency Inclus Inclusion Act a bill that would give faith-based adoption and foster agencies the right to use their religion to guide their child placement decisions. Republican Representative Rich Wingo said, This bill for us is a preventative step forward to be proactive. This bill is not to prohibit gay or lesbian couples from adopting or fostering. It says do not discriminate against us based on our religious belief. North Dakota, Virginia, and Michigan already have such protections in place. However, businesses favor diversity. 
Controversial House Bill 2 cost the state of North Carolina an estimated $77 million in tourism and tax revenue alone, as well as costing Governor Pat McRory his job. The bill does not include sexual orientation or gender identity under the statewide definition of people protected against discrimination. When discriminatory legislation was introduced in Tennessee, Georgia, and Texas, business coalitions formed to reject it. The outcry came from giants like Salesforce, Apple, Microsoft, Disney, Intel, Home Depot, and thousands more. According to the Human Rights Campaign's Corporate Equality Index, 82% of Fortune 500 companies have non-discrimination policies covering sexual orientation and gender identity. In other national news, Vice President Mike Pence cast the tie-breaking vote last week to confirm Betsy DeVos as President Trump's Education Secretary. A tie-breaking vote has not happened before with a cabinet nominee. During her confirmation hearing, DeVos denied having authority within her family's Prince Foundation, which gave more than $10 million to focus on the family, a religious group that advocates gay conversion therapy. DeVos also claimed that her 13 years as vice president of the foundation was a, quote, clerical error. DeVos said, I embrace equality, and I firmly believe in the intrinsic value of each individual, and that every student should have the assurance of a safe and discrimination-free place to become educated, end quote. DeVos rejected anti-LGBT views, saying she's never supported conversion therapy and the donations were from her family, not her or her husband. According to the American Federation of Teachers, a foundation run by DeVos and her husband contributed $100,000 to the Institute for Marriage and Public Policy, which opposes same-sex marriage. Attorney General Jeff Sessions was also confirmed last week. During his confirmation hearing, Sessions avoided questions concerning his discriminatory voting record and statements against civil rights protections for LGBTQ communities and other marginalized people by stating that he would, quote, uphold the law that Congress has and will set forth, end quote. The Obama administration enacted marriage equality and ended Don't Ask, Don't Tell, as well as extended protections in education, housing, health care, and violence prevention. On May 9th, U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch announced a civil rights lawsuit against the state of North Carolina regarding the discriminatory House Bill 2. In her speech, Lynch said, quote, But no matter how isolated or scared you may feel today, the Department of Justice and the entire Obama administration wants you to know that we, we see you, we stand with you, and we will do everything we can to protect you going forward, end quote. One day after Jeff Sessions was confirmed Attorney General, the Department of Justice filed to withdraw an order that allowed transgender students to use the restroom that matches their gender identity. Though the withdrawal doesn't immediately affect students, it shows that Trump's Justice Department will not move forward on transgender rights. This week, a State Department spokesperson announced that Randy Berry, the first LGBT rights envoy, within the U.S. State Department, will continue in his role under the Trump administration. At the time of Barry's appointment, Secretary of State John Kerry said, quote, he's a voice of clarity and conviction on human rights, and I'm confident that Randy's leadership as our new special envoy will significantly advance efforts underway to move towards a world free from violence and discrimination against LGBT persons. Ross Murray, the director of programs at GLAAD, said, This is really surprising to me. 
I don't think I can applaud it until I see what is his mandate becomes in this administration. But Barry has been really effective in that job. In local news, the Indiana Court of Appeals denied an appeal to allow a legal challenge to proceed against the Religious Freedom Restoration Act and its amendment. Conservative advocacy groups filed the lawsuit in 2015 following the debate in Indiana over RIFRA. Indiana Family Institute and the American Family Association of Indiana said in the lawsuit that with the amendment, RIFRA discriminates against conservative Christians who do not support same-sex relationships. The cities of Indianapolis, Carmel, Bloomington, and Columbus argued in the appeal that conservative advocacy groups did not have the standing to sue because the groups were not actually being affected by and were unlikely to be affected by non-discrimination ordinances. Currently, Indiana state civil rights law does not include sexual orientation or gender identity as protected classes. In other local news, an Indiana state Senate committee voted 6-3 to three in favor of proposed hate crimes legislation. Indiana is one of only five states without a hate crimes law. The bill, drafted by Republican Representative Susan Glick, would allow the courts to impose harsher sentences for crimes motivated by bias. Marion County Prosecutor Terry Curry said, we, quote, we are making a statement as a community that this is unacceptable behavior and that we are going to deal with it more seriously than if it were a simple crime, end quote. Opponents believe existing law goes far enough in punishing crimes. Executive Director of the American Family Association of Indiana, Micah Clark, said, quote, I have not heard any evidence that any of the 394,385 crimes recorded in Indiana in 2015 were not adequately prosecuted or adequately sentenced. Glick's bill is one of several that were drafted. Democratic Senator Greg Taylor voted in favor of the bill, but he wants legislation that goes further. He proposed a an automatically enhanced sentence for hate crimes and training for police on how to identify and respond to them. Our news director is Noel Phillips, and I'm producer Ryan Chatty with this week's LGBTQ Plus News Headlines. Thanks, Ryan. It's now time for our final music break of the evening from National Public Radio. Particle Mace, the first single from Ainako's forthcoming album, Silver Haze, out April 7th, finds the band building a future where akimbo lyrics, thick, swelling guitars, and effervescent pop-punk melodies thrive in squalling harmony. With every, with every release, the members of the Brooklyn Queer Punk Quartet sharpen their talent for reciprocity between seemingly dissonant elements bolstered by a solid rhythmic backbone. Fluidity is critical to Ainako, a band that's carved out a space where marginalized stories, unfortunately and historically shut out in punk rock, experience no inhibitions. Here, they are free to expand, enlightened, and enlighten and exhale. Ainako never shies away from discomforting truths, truths in its music either, and that's part of what makes songs like Particle Mace resonate so heavily. The Ainako universe is one where writing sad songs about being queer, trans, and black, as they describe it, isn't an act that's tokenized, but rather embraced for everything it is. Real, complex, and stunning. Here is Ainako with Particle Mace.
And you just listened to Ainako's song, Particle Mace. To finish out tonight's show, it's time for your weekly LGBTQ plus area events calendar. The winner of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is coming to Bloomington. Alaska will hold a VIP meet and greet along with a photo and drag show at the back door tomorrow, Friday, February the 17th. Tickets are $35 for VIP admission and $15 for general admission and for the underage meet and greet. The meet and greet begins at 9 p.m. and the show begins at 10.30. More information on the back door's Facebook page. This Sunday, join last week's guest, the People's Diva Argenta Peron, at an exclusive ticketed event featuring a drag queen makeup de- demonstration along with a delicious brunch featuring Sarah Yucatonis of Feast, hopscotch coffee products, and paired cocktails made with cardinal spirits. A brunch for queens will be at the Atlas Ballroom from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Tickets are $45. Your ticket gives you a chance to win a one-of-a-kind piece of art designed by local artist Izzy Jarvis. More information can be found on Facebook. On Sunday, join DJ Aaron Tilford at Monsieur. Monsieur is a weekly event at the Root Cellar Lounge, which is beneath the farm restaurant, Bloomington. DJ Tilford will start spinning the beats beginning at 8 p.m. And join Prism for their third birthiversary celebration next Tuesday, February the 21st at 6.30 p.m. Join them for their annual celebration to recap the many accomplishments of the PRISM youth and honor and recognize some particularly outstanding achievements. This celebration will be held at the Unitarian Universalist Church. More information can be found on Facebook. On Thursday, February 23rd at 7 p.m., the Transgender Advocacy Group invites you to a forum to evaluate where we are in our progress in making our campus and housing more supportive for students. Feedback will be collected about what future priorities should be, and this is the second of two forums. This event will be at the LGBTQ Culture Center. And finally, youth ages 12 to 20 are invited to PRISM Youth Community's Winter Ball. The ball is a free event featuring music, a photo booth, and a dessert bar. Dress up or come casual. Bring a date, come with friends, or come alone. PRISM's Winter Ball will be held at Rhino's All Ages Club on Friday, February 24th, beginning at 8 p.m. More information available on Facebook. That's all the time we have for this evening. We'd like to thank you for tuning in tonight. If you're interested in volunteering here at WFHB or for our show, contact volunteer at WFHB.org. You can also call us at 812-323-1200, tweet us at BloomingOutWFHB, visit our Blooming Out Facebook page, or find us on Instagram. The executive producer of Blooming Out is Joe Crawford. The producer is Ryan Shaddy. The associate producer and board engineer is Sarah Hetrick. The news director is Noelle Phillips. Finally, our theme music is an original composition produced for Blooming Out by Aaron Gage. And for Blooming Out, Grace Thumser and Jeff Poling, I'm Colin Schasperger. Please tune in again next Thursday at 5.30 p.m. and visit us online at bloomingout.com. Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus radio program, airs every Thursday evening here on WFHB at 5.30 p.m. You can also stream us 24 hours a day, seven days a week on WFHB.org or BloomingOut.com. Thank you for listening. Please tune in again next week to Blooming Out.